So my two learnings, other people can explain it sometimes better than you can yourself. And very kind of like fast, easy to use, user experience is absolutely crucial. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. We are a show funded by sponsors. They really do make all this possible. So brands, please excuse me for a second or two whilst I speak to our supplier side listeners. We're going to be opening up our sponsorship calendar for 2024 very soon. So if you want to hear about that and any space we've got left this year, please do get in touch with me via ecmp.info forward slash sponsor or just go to the website and follow the instructions on how to get in contact with me or find me on LinkedIn. You guys know what to do. Right. Thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for letting me do that even. Now, in this episode, we are talking about fashion again, and we are talking about the supply chain, how you can improve your supply chain to make it both more profitable and lower impact on the planet by streamlining it and stopping, fundamentally stopping creating product you're not going to sell. We talk a little bit about B Corp. We talk about how so often in the fashion space, if you are creating a more sustainable supply chain, it requires more from your customer before they can purchase. Maybe they have to add their sizing, do correct measurements. Maybe uh, they have to pre-order. There's all these kind of things. So our guest is also supplying some very cool advice on how to streamline that process so you still get the conversions. And then there's some super thought-provoking top tips towards the end. So make sure you listen right to the end of the episode so you didn't miss out on those or my take on this episode. Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? Then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo, then don't worry, the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights. ecmp.info forward slash shopline. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store.
And now to introduce our special guest. Jess Fleischer is the co-founder and CEO of Son of a Tailor, a clothing technology company making custom-fitted casual clothing for men. Founded in 2014, they've served over 160,000 customers so far. Hello, Jess. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, It's brilliant to have you here. I think so often when people hear custom-fitted, they assume suits. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They definitely don't think casual clothing. So I'm really looking forward to finding out about that. But before we get into all of that, how did you end up in the wonderful world that is e-commerce? I guess I had two ways into it. Before starting my own business, I worked for eBay. So I got a bit of e-commerce or marketplace experience from there. But the reason for really starting my business was actually from the manufacturing world. And I believe the combination of e-commerce and manufacturing could be done in a whole different way. And that was my reason for starting my, my business. I mentioned in the intro about the fact it's fitted casual clothing for men. What we didn't really mention in the intro is the huge focus on supply chain and sustainability the business has taken. So could you tell us a lot more than I did in the intro about what you guys are doing at Son of a Tailor, please? Yeah, so when I was working at eBay and, and way before that, I first I had this kind of like funny problem myself with finding T-shirts that fitted and that led to kind of like an idea, why don't T-shirt come in more sizes? And with that idea, I started looking into both the e-commerce business and the fashion industry. And the fashion industry, I found out that, oh, that was a very long supply chains, typically coming from Southeast Asia, starting in Southeast Asia, multiple steps, very long times before they reached the customers. And from the pinch principles with lean manufacturing that I had kind of like been preaching myself, that did not make any sense. E-commerce came along in the 90s or so, and what they did to fashion was that they built even bigger supply, bigger inventories and longer and more complex supply chains, and they continued the mess, so to speak. And I felt there was kind of like a sustainability obligation, but also an economic obligation to kind of clean that up. And that's why I felt I had to start Son of a Tailor, and we started with exactly T-shirts. We ended up not just producing in more sizes than small and medium large, but an indefinite number of sizes so you can get it custom in the way you do. And now we do uh, multiple other clothing categories. Because the clothing you produce, it's kind of like taking the best of technology to enable us to create the perfect fit for each individual customer, but on huge, huge scale. I mean, in the intro, we said you're a clothing technology company. That's a phrase I got, I think, from either your website or LinkedIn. It will have been one or the other. Do you think of yourselves first and foremost as a fashion business, a technology company, or a supply chain rebuilder? Because it's they're three hugely different things. Yeah, I'm still confused about that, to be honest. <laughs> Ten years after, we are a supply chain builder first and foremost. So being there uh, right in the middle, I think it's what we are best at. And it's also kind of like where we're driving the biggest change. And you say about driving the biggest change, is your part of your aim, is it to help other fashion businesses change how they manage supply chain or is it to re-educate the members of the supply chain so they can bring greater change to the industry or is there another angle for that impact? It is both, but at the end of the day, we are only one brand that happens to be called Son of a Tailor. And 
if we wanted to make a change, we would not do any big dent in the world because clothing brands, they are just by nature almost small. So the world's biggest brand or conglomerate, Sarah Group, they have like 2% market share, right? And then there's just a ton of very small players. The best thing we can do to make a change is to be a source of inspiration. And that's what we are trying to be. So let's stick in the fashion space. I'm sure we've got fashion brands listening who are looking at their carbon footprint, their sustainability impact. They're looking at the supply chain, which they know is something they need to address, but they're going, oh my God, this is difficult. We're only small. Where should they start? What would your advice be to them? What can you say that will inspire them to improve that part of their business? First and foremost, acknowledge that they won't make a big change in the world. So the way they would be able to make a change is if they find their niche and within sustainability as well, do that extremely well and try to talk about it and share it so others get inspired. Got you. So it's not about trying to be every possible version of sustainable supply chain. So some people, and tell me if I've got any of these way off the bat, but for some, it might be finding ways to manufacture in their own country and reduce distance traveled. For some, it might be pre-orders. For others, it might be doing like you're doing with the custom ordering. Are you saying we should specialize in one of those? As long as you are small, when you grow bigger, which I guess we are on the verge to, you cannot excuse your poor carbon footprint or whatever you're doing poorly with only being focused in one arena. Then you have to kind of like build all the rest as well. I think for bigger brands, that should be or that is their obligation. So once you grow, you need to kind of look in all the other sustainability areas as well. Maybe you start from your core where you're strong and then you build it out. So in the case of Son of a Tailor, we have always been focused on avoiding overproduction and waste in supply chain. This has been our sustainability niche, you can say. I think like overproduction is a huge problem and it's the biggest of them all. So therefore, you can't really say it's a niche. But we have not focused on material selection or solar panels on our roof or all these kind of things that we also could do. But those things are coming now over the years. And the way that we are solving a lot of those issues is that we score ourselves. We are B Corp certified. So we score ourselves against that score and try to improve that score. I think a lot of the orders are beginning, oh, I don't have to be great at everything on day one. I can get great at the area which makes the most sense to my business, which I think is a really powerful message. I, I would totally agree with you that one of the biggest problems we have in the fashion industry and in e-commerce generally is oversupply and waste. Obviously, you have eliminated a lot of that from your supply chain. Are you also working to eliminate that on the in the post-purchase space as well, in the return space, the wearability space, the what happens in the second life of the product? Yes, we are looking at that. It's one of the areas where we haven't done enough. I think by design, we do... A fair bit because we use very durable materials so that means that you can wear your items for very long we also make sure they fit so you're also happy with the fit for long so that means that the number of wears on our products is, is very very long and i think that's the most important dimension at the end of life we don't have 
any good solutions at the moment other than taking it to your recycling station. And for those customers who actually wants to return it, we also don't have great solutions yet. We are building a database of customers with a peer-to-peer program where they can kind of like, for those 4 to 7% of our customers who are not happy with the fit on the first instance, we are trying actually to make them forward it to a peer who would be happy with the fit because we have this fit database. But that's a fairly advanced project, which we haven't solved yet. But very cool in that, I mean, first off, congrats on having only a 4 to 7% unhappy with the fit. I think that puts you in the top 1% of fashion businesses worldwide, <laughs> yes. which, which in, the, in the first place makes a huge difference in the amount of waste at the end of the process. It does. And I think there's, there's it seems to be increasingly large numbers of businesses trying to do the peer-to-peer thing with returns and with second hand. It'd be interesting to see which becomes the model, the most popular model. I I feel like in sustainability at the moment, there are lots of really clever people like yourselves solving one or two of the problems in the in the industry in really different ways. As someone who's, you know, slightly outside the nitty-gritty of it all, it's really fascinating seeing these unique solutions emerge. And trying to predict which one will become the leader, if that makes sense. Like, I can see that certainly in the supply chain space, all the different models will probably continue to exist. The pre-order model, the um, like the, the model like yourselves are doing and, you know, just general tidying up of supply chain. But it's going to be really interesting to see which one the consumers take to their hearts as the one that makes their lives the most the most easy. I mean, clearly with the success of your business, you're seeing that consumers are enjoying the fact they get that custom fit. Do you find a lot coming back to you for further products because it's been so great? And and is that one of the reasons why you've done the range expansion? Because you're now selling a lot more than t-shirts. Yeah, I think that is the secret source to our business. That is the loyalty from our customers. So I, I sometimes say it's a little bit complicated to order your first product with Son of a Tailor but it's very easy to reorder because you know what fit and what quality that you're going to get. Once you have kind of like crossed that initial barrier, we do see that our customers become super loyal also compared to to other e-commerce businesses. And actually, I would also say consistency of sizing (laughs) across products is a massive thing, which many businesses fail at in the fashion space. It's a huge problem due to two factors that brands they change model every season almost or every other season and just having enough accuracy in their manufacturing so when you go to a store and you find two t-shirts in a size medium they would almost certainly not be at the same size so they could have like maybe three centimeters tolerance between them. Yes, yeah, so it's not it's not surprising there's so much waste in the fashion space. You mentioned about the manufacturing quality there and something we didn't quite get into when we were talking about the supply chain is it's pretty crucial to have a strong relationship with your supply chain partners to make all this happen. From your experience, if you're working with someone who's not quite there, is it easier to stick with that partner and help them along the journey or is it easier to find someone who's already embracing the right concept i know i realize it's a big question and it's probably one of those it depends ones but i'd love your take on it i think you need to give your suppliers some times if you have a different concept to kind of like improve it and get to it but if you don't see the improvement 
then you need to be pretty quick to, to make a switch, I think, and then try to work with somebody who kind of get it. There are many suppliers within fashion, and they just vary so much as people they tend to do. So I think you need to keep looking until you find the right match. When you have the right match, then I think loyalty to your supplier is very, very important. But as a newly started brand, I, I think you cannot let your supplier drag you down if you have other options because that will kill your business just from the get-go. So you've got to make the best choice you think you can on day one and then if it's, or as you're changing things, but then if they're not evolving with you, then move fast. Yeah, just because like... At the end of the day, it will also be better for that supplier because they are also not happy in the relationship that you're in. So make, making kind of like the swift breakup uh, is better than, than trying to drag it out. Because in my experience, if the chemistry and kind of like the engagement is not really there, it will also not work over time. As goes pretty much with any supplier, <laughs> it has to be said. <laughs> I guess it does. <laughs> as, as many parts of life, I guess. But <laughs> Not just e-commerce. <laughs> no. Jess, you mentioned about how it's hard to get the customer in the first time because there's kind of that barrier of all the, the custom sizing and, the, you know, and, and getting them through the process. How do you tackle helping them through the process you know is there if you've got a massive customer service team who are on live chat and on the phone or on video calls or is it a case of of good email comms or finding the right customers in the first place the reason I ask is because I think we're heading into a world where hopefully more businesses will be creating slightly tougher onboarding processes and I say hopefully because I think that's part of the sustainability solution is that we we make sure the consumer's buying the right thing. So I suspect there's a lot of people wondering how do they deal with something that's a bit more complicated to buy. Yeah. I think like in our experience, and I don't think we have the only solution, but what has worked for us is to create user experience that is super easy to use. I can go through examples. And having other people preaching our method and our products. We will, of course, say how easy it is on our webpage and explain it. But, you know, once we got at the early stage of our business, we got like places like GQ and Esquire to explain what we did. That gave us a whole other level of credit and it seemed like people, they actually read what Esquire and DQ wrote about our business and not what we wrote about our own business a lot more. So my two learnings, other people can explain it sometimes better than you can yourself. And very kind of like fast, easy to use, use experience is absolutely crucial. I think that there's, there's a third element in there, I would say, which is the social proof element of the write-ups in GQ and Esquire, which... I certainly find it. You get partway through a process on an unknown brand. You're like, oh, I just can't be asked with this. I go somewhere else. But yeah, if you know that yeah. if you've read about it somewhere somewhere with a level of trust and validity, and or you see those logos as you're going through the process, it it kind of it's like that the mythical oil that greases the wheel as it goes through. Yeah. I think like DQ and Esquire, they have been devalued since like we were successful with kind of like making them 
explain our model, but the social proof model still works. Now it's just new media, it's influencers, or it's something else who are kind of like the journalist or whoever explains it to your audience, right? Uh, totally. And I think um, I remember we d I did an interview with a with a really, really good Facebook ads expert a while back about putting video content into Facebook ads and what, what formats you should be doing. And one of the things he recommended was an ad that's a video of how to check out on your website, which, you know, from a pure marketing theory makes total <laughs> sense. But I was just like, no one's doing that, are they? And so I can, I can see, you know, an, a TikTok influencer, a TikTok creator doing a video of how to work through your process would obviously be a, you know, the, the kind of like the, the 10 years on method from rather than the, 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 uh, the GQ or the Esquire. I was going to mention even more, more um, a, a defunct men's magazine there. So, Jess, we've covered a whole load of different bits and pieces there. If someone was going to take one key piece of inspiration from our chat today, what thought would you like to leave them with? I think like how to build a sustainable brand and how to kind of like approach that is is very important. I think what has been absolutely core to us and we definitely had our strides building the business in the first couple of years, but that was actually to remain true to what we were trying to build and then keep pushing it in different ways. We have never pivoted. We have seen competitors in our field that has pivoted and it hasn't helped. So kind of like having the stamina to keep trying to do what you do if you fundamentally think you are changing things for the better for both the customer and, and in this case also the environment. But actually that doesn't matter in this case. But, but just building your business in general, I think like if you are fundamentally driving positive change, then actually don't pivot too soon. Keep working at it until you get it right. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? Then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo, then don't worry, the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights. ecmp.info forward slash shopline. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp 
imp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Jess, are you ready for the top tips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go then. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I'm staying in the sustainability field and I would say uh, uh, Reimagining Capitalism by Rebecca Henderson. She's a Harvard professor uh, who wrote a great book about how to get sustainability into your business of course why you should do it but also why she is still a believer in capitalism which i am as well i do believe capitalism can change things for the positive even though i also have my skeptic moments but i think she explains it extremely well with a lot of great cases on how it can be done so that was reimagining capitalism. I'm going to have to go and have a read of that one because I don't think I've come across it yet. So um, thank you for that recommendation. Traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I can't answer you that at the moment, Chloe. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have any magic kind of like uh, traffic source at the moment. If I had, should I share it? I don't know. Um, but but, <laughs> but uh, I think... These kind of things, they come and go, right? And there are moments of time where one traffic source just works for you and other times where it would kind of like degrade and not work anymore. And right now, I think our traffic sources are all the classic ones that your listeners know all too good already. So I don't have a great tip in that area. Which is totally acceptable. I think it, we're in an interesting point at the moment in the industry where there is no... Well, there's, there's more choice of traffic source than ever before, but for most businesses, there's not an unbelievably obvious first thing that gets added to the marketing plan each time. And it, I feel like it's partly because there is more options, but it's also partly because we're in the hangover of Facebook was amazing at everything time. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Actually, when entrepreneurs approach me and ask me how to start their business, very often, actually, <laughs> tell them to go build a retail store. Because I think, like, for a new business to start online, it must be so competitive and so tough to really get off the ground. When we started in, like, really having success in 2016, 17, there was this great new thing called uh, Facebook ads, right? And that was kind of like a whole new source of ideas and traffic and so that you can really get onto there. And there are new sources today as well. And I think like young entrepreneurs, they should go to those first. But probably all the existing players, they're already there because they're also looking for these, these new sources all the time. And the problem with online is just that it's almost all conglomerates who are kind of like taking a huge or it's not it's even monopolies or duopolies who are kind of like having all the platforms which means they are taking a super charge or a price on this where you might consider why not go totally old school and start somewhere else where the rent you pay to your landlord that's actually a competitive rent right because you could probably choose between 20 landlords in your town yeah 
it's it's a fascinating time at the moment. So thank you for all of that. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little to- tool even that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Especially the last couple of years, we have been extremely focused on execution, weekly, daily follow-ups. We use uh, something as simple as a certain type of table in Google Sheet, which is not very, very advanced, but it definitely gets the job done for us and on staying kind of like focused on, on the most important projects. And then I would say we are very happy as a project coordination tool, documentation tool to use Notion as well. And then in my daily work, I use ChatGPT all the time, but I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? You don't, it doesn't have to be a complicated tool if it gets the job done. A Google Sheet, if that's all you need, Yeah, that's all you need. Okay, finally, the carbon top tip. What's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business? Only make what you can sell. Don't buy too much. It's not all businesses that can be made to make to order, like Son of Taylor is. But when you go out and buy inventory, really make sure that you buy as little as possible, especially if you're a young business. Uh, it might be more expensive, but at, at the end, it will be cheaper. So, so that, that will be my, my, my top tip. And especially in a volatile business like fashion, where you don't know what tomorrow's trend look like, really try to limit down on your inventory. Yeah, it's, it's simple. But it's amazing how few e-commerce businesses do it. We seem we seem to be still living in this mindset of oversupply, and it's it's not good. It's totally nuts, and kind of like the scheme of economy of scale is just very often actually wrong. It's it's quite a paradox. Yeah, if you buy one hundred and ten percent of what you think you need, and you end up having to discount thirty percent of that. Fifty percent off to shift it during Black Friday. Your profits are a lot lower than if you bought eighty percent of how much you think you you need and sold it all at full price. Yes, and it's really that simple, everybody. Um, and please, no one get in contact and tell me those maths don't add up because I made them up on the spot. Um, <laughs> that was that's not tried and tested, calculated maths, but you get the you get the theory. Jess, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been lovely chatting with you, and I, I'm sure we've inspired some of the listeners to get to grips with their supply chain and much, much more. Before we say goodbye, though, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? They'll find us on sonofataylor.com. Same name on Instagram, Facebook, and social media. I seem to have a unique enough name that you will also easily find me on LinkedIn if you want to link up. So, And please feel, feel free to do so. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast and being so generous sharing your experience with us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you too. (laughs) So loads of fascinating insight there from Jess on what it takes to sort out what are the biggest challenges of sustainability in the fashion space, which we didn't talk about this a lot, but if you can streamline that supply chain and you're not creating product that you're not going to be able to sell, you are going to improve your profits. And if you can create that hugely loyal group of customers who love and adore your product, you are going to increase your profits. So this is good for the for the environment, for the planet. It's also good for your business's bottom line as well. So key takeaways, I would say, was 
work out which of the sustainable supply chain models you are going to get right and really focus on and becoming brilliant about that and then find ways to inspire others to follow in your footsteps. Because that stat which Jess gave of the biggest fashion company in the world only has 2% of the market is mind-blowing, not an easy industry to change. And then once you've nailed that, look at other areas that you can improve in the business. I also love that advice he was giving on if you're making it a bit harder for the customer to buy from you in order for you to enable that piece on the back end, that back end streamlined structure, then make sure you've got great UX in place, make it really easy for them, but also use social proof to grease the wheels. I thought that was brilliant too. You can get our notes on this episode, including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or go straight to the correct page on the website by using our short link ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many things I share to help you improve your business. And if you like this episode, then I've got two recommendations that will take you further in understanding some other models you might choose to become great at in the fashion sustainability space. One is episode 434, where Lindy from Blue Salt is outlining her approach to sustainable fashion, which is massively different to Jess's. And then episode 381, where I'm chatting with Callie from This Is Unfolded, who has a different approach to that streamlined supply chain approach that Jess and Son of a Tailor are taking. So that was 434 with Blue Salt and 381 with This Is Unfolded. And you can find all our fashion episodes on listed on the website at ecmp.info forward slash fashion. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero and sustainability. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family, e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store.